Kia ora, and welcome to the New Zealand Property Market Podcast, brought to you by CoreLogic, produced by Agents TV, for the 2nd of March, 2020. My name is Nick Goodall, and I'm joined as per usual by Calvin Davidson. Calvin, how are you, mate? I'm very well, very well. More to the point, how are you? Congratulations. I'm good, I'm good. Yes, indeed. So, yes, we now have a third child in the Goodall family up here in Wellington. So, yep, my wife went uh, into labour yesterday morning, so we've got a beautiful baby daughter called Loretta now. So, yeah, yesterday was a long day, but, um, yeah, looking to pick the, the whānau up from the airport, uh, from the airport, from the uh, hospital today. So, yeah, pretty exciting times. Yeah, blame it on lack of sleep. So, yeah, exactly. That's, that's uh, great news. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I might, might be throwing to you more often than not today, but yeah, thank you. And how was your weekend, mate? I know that you uh, had the kids all to yourself. Yeah, yeah, my wife was away on holiday, so yeah, it was uh, full-on three days of parenting, but it was cool. Didn't get didn't, didn't get down to the cricket, but um, saw heaps on TV, so it was all good. And all going well for that too, so hopefully they wrap it up today. It'll be quite nice. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it looks pretty likely. I mean, uh, looking, to, looking at the weather right now, it's a bit windy, still some swing on offer, I'd say, so uh, yeah, hopefully wrap them up. Nice, nice. All right, mate, well, let's kick into it for this week. And as I said, I'll be passing a lot to you, I think. Uh, first this week, I suppose last week, the main thing for CoreLogic data was our pain and gain report. Pr- quick brief intro to that, I suppose, you know, we use this report as a proxy for overall market performance. And I think unsurprisingly, you know, we saw this reacceleration in values last year overall, and that's led to what we've seen in the pain and gain report, which was a drop in sales at a loss. So I think it was 4.1% in QV of resales went to the loss, um, Q4, sorry, down from 4.8% in Q3. So yeah, what else, what else are the main insights from you from that report, mate? Oh, it's pretty much business as usual. Uh, the one the one other thing I'd add to that is the actual, so the frequency of losses went down a little bit or the frequency of gains went up a little bit, uh, but also the size of those gains went up. So we're looking at a median resale profit, so the, the difference between what somebody sold it for compared back to what they originally paid. That median gain in Q4 is about $213,000, so it's, and that's that's the record for the for the history of this time series. So yeah, it was it was gains more common and every time you make a gain, it was just that little bit much bigger. So um, just a nice, uh, nice solid set of results. Yeah, cool. And I think one of the other things that always shows up to me when we produce this report is there is that slight difference between investors and owner-occupiers when they take a loss or those that are making a profit. And it really does back up the general feeling in the market. Often you read Reserve Bank papers that talks about in a downturn or when things aren't going so well, investors are more likely to sell at a loss. And that's backed up by our report as well, which I always think is, is interesting to note, although it's maybe not quite as much of a difference as um, you might think as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's. I think, as I said before, there weren't any great surprises in here. It was all it was all business as usual, but just really confirms the the, the um, you know health of the market and the strength of the market. So yeah, carry on. Yep, agreed. So the other one last week, uh, Reserve Bank data out on mortgage lending figures, and you wrote your market pulse on that last week. What were your key insights for that one, mate? Well, again, the figures were were high. A lot of a lot of lending taking place in uh, January, so just banks really busy people people want the money and banks have got it to lend so that the, the good amount of money going out the door in terms of mortgage lending and actually not not really testing those LVR speed limits uh, again so I've been I've been trying to look for those numbers and seeing the banks getting close to those LVR speed limits but it's not really happening so pretty much the lending's just it's getting out the door and it's getting out in a kind of responsible fashion so again just just things carrying on I suppose the one thing the Reserve Bank might 
uh, be pretty interested in. It's not so much to do with the latest release of those mortgage lending figures, but in a separate release, they put out some numbers on debt-to-income ratios that have been going across the lending in, in, in the last few months, and those have been ticking up. So a much higher proportion of people borrowing at high debt-to-income ratios, so we're talking here about five or above, those proportions did fall away sort of through last year and in the, since about September they've really picked up again. So, yeah, it's, it's, there's no huge concerns yet, but I think the Reserve Bank want to keep an eye on those, those higher debt-to-income loans. Yeah, and I think you know, that was the key one for me, that third chart that you had in the pulse. And definitely when you put in that vertical line in about August last year, where we start to see those, those rates tick up, and that's really come about because those serviceability rates the banks look to charge people or try and test people on did reduce around that time, around August, September last year. And we did see that lift in people borrowing more compared to their income. So I think that's a really good call out on that one too. And as you say, certainly going to be one the Reserve Bank will be, will be continuing to watch and see if they need to do any more more tweaks on their macro prudential measures. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and the, and the tool they've got at the moment is the obviously the LVR rules, but they the LVRs and, and the DTI ratios, I guess, in, in some ways are pretty closely linked. So they can they can tweak that LVR rule if they need to, and that'll and that'll sort of bring in those those DTI lending numbers again. Yeah, yeah, good point. All right, mate. Well, I think the other thing we almost can't get away from talking about, especially over the weekend, we did have one confirmed coronavirus. Um, case in New Zealand. Now there's lots of you know commentary about the impact on the economy. If we take it right through and look at what we think is going to happen to the New Zealand property market because of you know the coronavirus um, outbreak, what's your sort of take on where we're sitting at for New Zealand? Yeah, so I guess, uh, you know, firstly, I'd like to acknowledge that it is a, you know, there's always this human costs in this. This is a, a human health crisis. And that's, you know, that I guess a lot of times economics and property takes a backseat to that. So um, that, that's kind of the first thing, you know, it's a, it's a sad story for many people. But, you know, it's an economics and property po- podcast. So I'm going to talk about that. And I think, yeah, the economic outlook looks shakier. We, we may have a recession over the next couple of quarters, uh, which you know, won't be great. We may see unemployment rising, and that would start to flow through to the property market. But yeah, I've been pondering it a little bit, and I'm, I'm not sure that actually the property market outcomes are necessarily uh, negative. I mean, yep, unemployment on one hand might might rise, and that will, that will affect people. And you're talking there maybe in, in local markets around, say, Queenstown, Rotorua, places like that that are really tourism dependent. Uh, that's one of the sectors that's been hardest hit. Forestry as well around Rotorua. But then there's a lot of other things in the property market that could offset that effect. So you think about you know, mortgage rates might go down. Uh, you think about the net migration picture. Uh, we might see fewer people leaving New Zealand. They, they will hang on, gee, I don't want to go around the rest of the world. I'm going to stay here instead. As well as more people coming here as a, as a sort of safer destination. So you may actually have migration hold up the property market more than it might otherwise have done. And then property is a bit of a safe haven. Uh, we've seen stock markets really hit hard by this in the last, last say, seven to ten days um, probably, uh, people are people in New Zealand are already a little bit dubious about the stock market so this is just another thing that might divert their, their money towards property so yeah I, I'm not sure that the, um, the the effects are necessarily negative and actually could 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 boost the market even a little bit so it's all up for grabs you know times are very uncertain but yeah that's my take I, I, I'm not I'm not expecting things to necessarily go south straight away yeah 
Yeah, no, look, I agree with all of that. The one thing I actually I saw, I think it was Adam Parsons on um, Twitter, and he said something about there's a, there's a chance that it might mean people push more money to more safer deposits. Though. So even term deposits might actually start to lift, so that could be banks raising more funds that way as well. So that was one thing I hadn't previously considered until I saw that tweet. So that's one extra thing, though, is what might happen with those term deposit rates and money going into term deposits and how that flows through to the banking system. But maybe that's quite minor anyway, but it was something that I hadn't really thought of previously but otherwise yeah I totally agree with all your points so you want to certainly watch um, and I suppose around the tourism and net migration thing the other thing obviously is to continue to watch what's happening with the travel bans that are going on from the government as well and how long they last and if they're going to include more countries as well so yeah all those sort of things to take take interest of but overall as you say definitely seems to be things that are only really going to boost New Zealand property in terms of value so yeah good points. Yeah, the other thing just on that on that flow of term deposits that you just, just triggered on my mind there was uh, I've seen a little bit of research over the last week or so, mainly from ANZ actually, around how uh, they were just starting to see in the charts some some warning signs that, you know, maybe this kind of credit crunch coming coming along. So because of the reduction in, in term deposit funds or the, or the lack of growth there, banks were going, oh, gee, we've, we don't have much coming in on the term deposit side. We, we can't lend out as much. So, so actually, yeah, if coronavirus steered some more money into those term deposits, as you say, uh, kind of maybe eases that pressure on that that sort of looming credit crunch that they were starting to flag up so so yeah it's it's it sounds kind of a bit perverse but it might not necessarily be the worst thing for property obviously there's the human cost but the property effects might not necessarily be you know as bad as what people might be thinking yeah no really good point i think it's good that you focus on that health side that's obviously the number one thing but as you said we need to relate it back to the property market to understand what might go on so yeah good call out moving on to um Data this week then, Calvin, uh, main one probably is dwelling consents. What are they, Wednesday morning from Stats New Zealand? Yes, that's right. Yep, Wednesday, 10.45. Dwelling consents, uh, again, probably a little bit like pain and gain, a little bit like the house price index. is just uh, going to truck on. There's there's just so much um, so much momentum in the, in the building consents. Driven by Auckland. Auckland's uh, just really booming. And um, I'd, I'd be very surprised to see anything else in the latest figures. So we'll see we'll see another really high result. We'll see we'll see a lot of uh, momentum in building consents. This shift towards smaller dwellings. So I'd be very surprised if um, you know the, the standalone houses made a comeback. I think we'll, we will see uh, um, uh, flats and apartments and those smaller dwellings really dominating uh, that consenting activity in Auckland. But it's not just Auckland. Auckland is the one that's really driving things. But but a lot of other parts of the country are sort of going pretty gangbusters in terms of what they're building as well. So it's just a really just a lot of momentum across the country and and. Yeah, I mean, longer term, uh, that's that may well take a bit of momentum out of out of house prices, but that is a longer term thing. It'll take a while with capacity constraints for these properties to actually get built. So for the meantime, you know, there's there's still a lot of upward momentum in, in prices, but as these consents start to be built and, and supply ramps up, yeah, that's a long term constraint on values. But for now, what we'll see on Wednesday is just another really really positive result. Yeah, no, I agree, and that's expect to see those headlines as well. One thing you did touch on there, obviously, was the uh, QV House Price Index, which we take care of. We run at CoreLogic, and I thought, actually, this is a good opportunity just to talk about the relationship with QV. Of course, CoreLogic um, used to be two different businesses. It was TerraLink and 
Property IQ, CoreLogic bought out those two businesses and merged them together to become uh, CoreLogic New Zealand. Prior to that, of course, Property IQ was half owned by QV, but now there's no ownership relationship there. Um, quite a few people don't quite realise that, but we do have a very strong relationship with QV and we run the house price index on behalf of them and they release it under their brand. So couple of things I wanted to touch on with that index release. Obviously, we've seen the data this morning fresh um, from our data team. We're not, uh, we're it's under embargo until Wednesday morning at 5am, so we can't really talk about it, but I thought we could throw a little sneak peek in there so I can tell people that, you know, the growth um, on an annual basis from the index is 5.3% annually, but in general, you know, maybe the, the word of the day is going to continue to be strong. You know, those results around the country, um, pretty strong continuing so, um, especially around those main centres. I did note that Dunedin's annual growth rate did drop down a little bit, so it wasn't going to continue to, to accelerate any further, not for now anyway, but otherwise, yeah, we'll have that, that data out um, around tomorrow and Wednesday. Yeah, well, good. I think on that Dunedin number, again, without sort of giving too much away, it's it looks like a base effect. So it must have had a very, very strong result this time last year. So it just makes that annual figure uh, just tail off a little bit, even if it's not. It's a statistical anomaly rather than anything rather than anything real, just because you're comparing back to a very strong month this time last year. Uh, very good point, mate, and something that yeah, you you don't quite see unless you look at that on a line either. If you're just looking at one one figure, so great point. Awesome, mate. Well, um, that's us for today. Thanks for listening. And Calvin, thanks always for your thoughts and insights. More so today, seeing as I seem to be battling a little bit, but I'm going to head off to the hospital shortly. Please um, subscribe, rate and review um, this podcast on whichever player you use. It does help us to spread that word and get it out there. Pretty much everything we talk about is available on our website too. So the research tab, new research and news tab at corelogic.co.nz. And as always, please get in touch with us. So we're keen on your thoughts or questions you might have about what's going on in the market. Um, all our contact details that's on Twitter or email are in the show notes there as well. So cheers once again, and we will speak to you next week. Mm -hmm.